tied for the most terrifying day of my life. I was what? Every other freaking day of my life. <laughs> How are you doing, you wonderful nerds? Uh, my name is not important right now, but I'll tell you it in a second. Welcome to day 15 of the Month of Monsters podcast, a Scooby-Doo podcast specifically, where I am watching Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed every single day for an entire month, the month of October, and we are halfway through it, kind of. There's 31 days. You get it. Math. But... I have some fun guests with me today, and now uh, I will introduce myself and them in, in, in almost unison, in consecutive order, let's say. I'm Scott. I'm Chris. And I'm Bryce. Hey, look at that. We're all here. Oh, man. It's, we, we reunited. Uh, I want everyone to know that we are recording this at, like, the night that this episode needs to go live. So <laughs> these two were my absolute backups and we they are. made it in time. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for being my available second choice. I mean, it wouldn't be a nerd sync podcast reunion if we didn't keep up with our mantra. <laughs> we're pretty on top of being behind. That's yeah. right. Oh, and I will say just for funsies, uh, for a future video on my channel, I bought a like service bell and I thought to be really obnoxious anytime anyone points out an error I could just do a little <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like a super original thing that I'm creating and it's definitely <laughs> not, this is not based off of definitely not based off of anything that I hate so uh. With that in mind, uh, yes, these are this is Bryce and Chris from the Nerd Sync podcast. For any of you who, do, who don't know, I know we have a lot of new listeners uh, here who are have no idea what Nerd Sync is. But these we used to run a podcast together for like years, which has mm-hmm. been a ton of fun. And yeah. everyone's been asking, when are you guys going to do it again full time? And the answer is, who knows? Yeah. But anyway. Thank you guys for being here. My first question is, have you seen this movie prior to me asking you to watch it for this podcast? Bryce, I want to hear from you first. I did. Yeah, I remember watching it. Did it come out in theaters? It sure did. Uh, I may have watched it in theaters. I'm not. Yeah, I did. I think, actually. Fantastic. Chris? Uh, Pretty much the same answer. Uh, I'm a Scooby-Doo fan, so of course I saw it. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. I don't know. Uh, I think I was verging on being a little too old for this <laughs> when it came out, but I, I might have seen it in theaters. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think I started this podcast series by saying I definitely saw it in theaters, but I'm like questioning my own memory and history yeah. at this point. Like, I I know I watched it a ton on like DVD growing up, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I went to see it in theaters. I don't know. But either way, great movie or greatest movie? It's all right. <laughs> uh, are those my only two options? Bryce, you okay, didn't well, like it? <laughs> hold on. Uh, so just as some background here, I watched this with Laura when I got home because I was like, hey, I got to watch this movie really fast so I can do a podcast. Okay, we got to do this thing real quick, you know, because this is all <laughs> last minute. Of course. Um, and I was like, hey, do you want to watch it with me? And she was like, oh, yeah, I loved Scooby-Doo. You know, I never saw that movie. But yeah, sure, I'll watch it with you. And about halfway through watching it, I sent Scott a text that said, hey, 
are you paying for my chemo because this movie is giving me cancer? <laughs> so that's the level of how I feel about this movie. I can't understand why you would say, well, give me, give me one, one criticism that you have. Uh, I actually have like some decent criticisms, mm-hmm. but and I, we could get to those later, but yes, like please. all of mine are just like, everything was too much. Wait, it hold was on. Just, Can you say that again? But right after. Oh, everything was too much. No, that's not a. Oh, wait, it goes after, right? I can't remember. And movie has matter. time for this. Mm-hmm. That's something I can say after that ding. Or before that ding? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I don't know <laughs> how, how to format it. <laughs> it's a format that we're inventing, Bryce. No one else has done this before. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was a lot of uh, movie has time for this. So, that's sorry. <laughs> Dang, it's caught off guard. Blazing uh, a new path. That's uh, right. I don't know. There was just. Yeah. So what do you mean by that necessarily? Uh, like, give me an example st- if you have any. Okay. So like the. Okay. Uh, going to the faux ghost, like bar club. Yes, thing. with all the villains. And yeah, the, with all and the, the villains. great dance club, number of like, thank you for let. Yes, that one. Be my Um. So when they go there the first time, uh, they go in and they like dance and they look around, but ultimately they don't advance the plot at all. So they go in, have this big dancing number, and I mean, I guess. It was Scooby and Shaggy going off on their own to be like, hey, you know, this is actually something that has to do with the plot is, you know, they're kind of striking off on their own like, hey, we're going to be heroes. We're going to do it. But ultimately, they don't do anything that advances the plot while they're at the bar. And so we have this big dancing number and this whole charade that happens. And like 10 minutes later, you're like, wait, but what did any of that mean? I and the answer is it's only a setup for a callback later when they have a second dancing number <laughs> <laughs> right before the credits. That's yes. the only reason they're there. So I like that observation because I, I think in a previous podcast I had talked about like why in the world would old man Wickles have to make a reminder to go to the faux ghost? Like, first of all, who's that reminder for? Is it for him? Because I've never had to remind myself to just go hang out, you know, yeah. somewhere. Because well, he not, is old. Well, he's also not meeting anybody there. He's meeting p- investors later at a different place, which would have been a better note to leave yourself. <laughs> yeah, that does make a lot of sense. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I like what you're saying. I feel like the idea would have, it would have been better if they cut that all together which i'm i i want to say i love the faux ghost i think that's mm-hmm. a great name i think that uh a lot of the you know having all you know previous scooby-doo villains from the cartoons all there was like a really interesting idea but i think i was trying to say like um yeah like if if the movie was written a little bit better it would have been you know them just directly going to his meeting of investors yeah like that faux ghost scene really Mm -hmm. didn't add much to the plot other than like world building all the villains get together at this place but does that mean anything nah not really not really no see what you're saying there yeah i mean i will say too while i'm on this tangent of it was all too much Kind of a thing, or movie has time for this. It, it, it was all too much. I think it yeah. was. <laughs> thanks. Um, it was the uh, 
it was all over the top kind of thing is like when they're there, the messages in this movie are so heavy handed. Yes. Which I get it's directed at kids. So you got to be a little heavy handed, but it's like punching you in the face, heavy handed. Like it's a little on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> very on the nose. Like literally your fist is hitting my nose because you are hitting me with this message so hard. <laughs> Um, but it, like when they talk to old man withers, that's the only like kind of interesting uh, thing that old happens. man wickles, wickles, get it right. Sorry. Wickles. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he basically has this like little dialogue where he's like, get out of the game while you still can. We were all doing this cause we needed to prove something to ourselves, but really we were good the way we were. Yeah. You know, something like that reminiscing on, yeah. I don't even know what, but it's like that message is so heavy handed that it's well, like, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that you brought that up because that immediate, like, like that perfectly aligns with Shaggy and Scooby's whole thing about like, you know, their screw ups and they they feel bad about it. But at the end it's Velma who's like, no, you just be yourselves. You're, you're fearless to be yourselves. And of course, Velma's whole story is she's too scared to be herself. So it's like right. the whole movie in general is being like, just be yourself, which ultimately is a good message. I don't right. think we needed four characters to deliver the same <laughs> message right. in four different ways, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Chris, do you have any thoughts? Well, I didn't not like this movie. Um, <laughs> I definitely did enjoy myself. I would be lying if I said I didn't. Um, it's not quite as good as the first one. If you ask me, the, um, the first one had kind of a novelty to it where it was like, this is the big live action Scooby-Doo. And I feel like the writing was definitely stronger. This one just feels like it goes all in on the kitty stuff. Like it's just, they're not even trying. They're just going to be completely immature the whole time. But it is got, very funny. For we one. got a second guy has boobs joke. Yeah. yeah. Why? Exactly. Why was that necessary? Yeah. You know, that, yeah, that's true. And I, the more I think of that, that sequence, the more, cause I started this podcast. That was when going, I sent you that message, by the way. <laughs> so I started this podcast w- w- like praising that sequence because I just liked that it was a self-contained bit that started and stopped. And it also like contributed to like forwarding the plot by having them open up the, you know, blowing a hole through the door that was locked or whatever mm. in an interesting way. But the more that I think about that sequence and the more I reflect on it, the more I'm just like, that's. It's just bad and dumb. <laughs> like I don't know. Uh, well, the, the thing, the thing for me though was it reminded me this whole movie felt like it was supposed to be a classic Scooby Doo episode, um, mm-hmm. whereas the first one had kind of a maturity to it, where it was like, oh no, here's the big one. Um, but this one, it's like they're just going to throw all the classic monsters at you, and just like the first movie where they had the, the fart sequence between Shaggy and Scooby, that's what this kind of was, and. Like, like Bryce pointed out with the, the man boobs part in this one, um, what did make me laugh is when Shaggy went, go boom, ah, and like, <laughs> that to me was really funny. I had to watch that like a couple of times. <laughs> and and that, that's where I'm kind of conflicted in this because it does have moments where it was hilarious, where I was like it crying, does. laughing, but at other times yeah. I'm like, this is stupid. I do. <laughs> right? I think there are genuinely funny jokes. The one that yeah. I always come back to is when old man Wickles like turns back to Shaggy and Scooby who are hiding in bushes and he's like, darn bushes yowling at me again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I thought clever. that one was funny. That's a because, good joke. It's solid. Yeah. And it's such like a comical, like, I don't know. It's, I, I tried to, about halfway through the movie, I tried to remind myself, okay, this is based on a cartoon. 
if I start looking at this like it's a cartoon and not like a live action movie where I expect everything to follow the rules of real life, then maybe I'll start to laugh at it more. And I did kind of, but then there were just certain scenes that I was like, well, like the yell, the bushes yelling at me again. I was like, that's funny. Cause I could see like some random old guy. I don't know saying something like that to me that was comical but yeah then there were just some scenes it's like okay my suspension of disbelief only goes so far and i think that's why scooby-doo was in my opinion better as a cartoon and as cartoon movies Mm -hmm. than it is as a live action movie yeah there's my there's my full opinion on this (laughs) yeah I, i think i would i would largely agree with that for sure i think i mean because the nature of Scooby-Doo is very cartoony because it started as a cartoon. So it kind of built its universe and its lore and its characters kind of around that idea. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know. I, there are so many, the humor to me specifically is very much all over the place. There are some very kitty jokes, you know, like there's Velma in the suit that keeps farting or whatever. And it's just like, (laughs) yeah, good good stuff. Uh, But then there's also, yeah, there's also like the, the darn bushes or like, there's the, there's the joke where Scooby and the the gang are in that um, trap. And there's like, have you heard the good news? Yeah. Yeah, There's cookies. (laughs) Cause that's something that's like relatable. And it's like, Oh, ha ha. That's actually funny. Yeah. But it's, it's hard to me. It's hard in this movie to find like what would constitute as like specifically Scooby-Doo's type of humor. Because to me, Scooby-Doo has never been like a laugh out loud show. It's more just been like an interesting kind of fun, uh, simple mysteries kind of the stuff with some comedic exactly. elements. And it's just like the characters yeah. that, that keep you around because the characters are interesting, you know? Yeah. You yeah. Know. I, I definitely agree, agree with that. And it, particularly, I think it's always been shaggy that has made me laugh the most because some mm-hmm. of his lines and some of his, uh, some of his little puns and things he says, you know, it's just, it's just funny the way he says it. It's, he's not delivering a punchline, so to speak, but the way he says it and his little euphemisms are always funny. And um, the actor who plays Shaggy in these movies did a great job. Oh, can I can I just inform you guys and the listeners listeners at home of a little story that happened just hours ago today? Um, uh, sure. My, the ultimate goal of this podcast, for anyone who doesn't know, is to get somebody who worked on this movie in any capacity to come on and talk about their experience. So I waited until 15 days in. And I took a deep breath and I tweeted out to Matthew Lillard to see who, who plays Shaggy uh, to see if he would want to come on the show and talk about his experience on this movie. Um, and I wasn't expecting really anything in return, but he very quickly like responded and retweeted a lot of stuff and was very, very nice. And, and you know, like he was super sweet. Um, and he very politely declined, which is, Aww. you know, <laughs> oh, man. as I, was I really kind of, that would end differently. differently. <laughs> I know, but it was more so just that he didn't, he said that he didn't know what he would talk about. Cause I don't think he was a fan of this movie and from, <laughs> right. from the tweets. Cause I, I tweeted out that I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this podcast where I'm watching this movie for 31 days. And his response was who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is like it is 
right off the bat, it does sound kind of odd. Like, not to mention watching a movie 31 days in a row, but Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Right. right. You know, I've always just been a fan of podcasts with gimmicks, and that seemed like a funny gimmick to me. It it is unique. I I agree. (laughs) Yeah, actually, uh, I had forgotten which movie Monsters Unleashed was. Um, and I saw, cause I haven't been listening to these episodes because I knew there was a chance that we would be on one. And so I was like, well, I don't want to listen to anything and like give myself a preconceived notion of what's going on. Yeah. Um, but I saw you tweeted a picture of Velma, like in one of the cartoons, like surfboarding with like or the Daphne. Quote, yeah. or Daphne, sorry, yeah. Daphne surfboarding with like the quote, what was Daphne's motivations or something like that? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is like interesting i guess because maybe we can go a little deeper with whatever movie this is and so on the way home i had actually told laura i was like oh yeah it's one of the cartoon movies and then we got here and when i looked it up on netflix i was like oh no nope it's the live action oh, one no. it's just when you it's just when you go on twitter and you type in like scooby-doo or whatever the only of course like the main gifts that pop up are from the cartoon, the cartoon. like of course they yeah. are um but yeah, I don't know. I've been I've been having a ton of fun just trying to figure out each character's motivations. And I think we had a revelation a couple episodes ago that Daphne's was actually way simpler than we were all making it out to be. Um, which is because like everyone else gets like these other than Fred, like Scooby and Shaggy and Velma are like the main ones that get these, these big arcs because those mm-hmm. are like the ones that the, the movie revolves around. Fred is mm-hmm. kind of like in and out of an arc like it's very unclear what his arc is supposed to be um he talks about like you know masculinity like at the black knight or yeah the black knight ghost when he's like you know you can't fool me with that macho facade you know Mm -hmm. you need to embrace your sensitive side because earlier he was like talking's for wimp it's time for action or what and like yeah all that stuff happens like just kind of apropos of nothing so fred is kind of a mixed bag of nonsense yeah the whole heavy-handed thing really comes back in right there it's like there was no setup for this just suddenly this is a lesson you're supposed to be learning and i was like mm, yeah no and i think you could you could argue that like it's because he was trying to be very macho quote unquote by being the group's leader and like mm-hmm. speaking up for the group in the press. But every time he did, it was turned against him and taken out of context. So like oh, he was man. feeling beat up about that. Do you have thoughts about that? Chris? <laughs> I, I was going to say that was my favorite joke in this movie when they, they misquote him out of context. And then they had that clip where he's like, I think Coolsville sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was rolling. I was like, man, that is I, too funny i think that yeah that that part's great and i love um so a previous guest on this uh podcast alec from the youtube channel wisecrack um he's my mortal enemy for anyone who doesn't know um we we hate each other and it's great and uh he had me guest on a thing earlier today um which i can't i probably can't talk about uh specifically what it is but at the end of the recording session he was like and don't worry i'll edit this so you're totally out of context and i was like wait but no you're gonna make it think you're gonna make it look like i think coolsville sucks and then he just <laughs> and now he has that on recording and now you all do so fun well scott i Uh-oh. see where your allegiances lie <laughs> no uh, but yeah and then i and that's a rehash a bunch of stuff, but again, it's day 15. What else can I talk about? <laughs> like 
I I just my favorite revelation or one of my favorite revelations of this movie so far is the fact that Daphne can all almost everything that Daphne does is motivated by the one line she says really early in the movie when she's at the museum and she says like image is everything. So everything she does in this movie mm-hmm. falls under the philosophy that image is everything. Like, you know, she tries to help Velma become like hot or whatever. And uh, she tries to stop Fred from talking to the press and everything like that. So, yeah, I mean, even even between when she got shocked by the uh, is it the thousand volts ghost, the ten thousand ten thousand volts ghost. I totally knew that because I am a super Scooby Doo fan. (laughs) Um, But when she gets zapped, you also could have known that just by paying attention to the movie. (laughs) Maybe could have. Yeah, you know, I I literally just watched it before we started. Oh, the tall guy's name is Shaggy. What am I, a nerd? (laughs) Jeez, come on, guys. Uh, but no, she gets shocked by the 10,000 volts ghost. And, uh, Laura and I actually both noticed it at the exact same time. Like in the next scene change, when they go inside the villain's hideout, her hair is like perfect again. And she looks like she wasn't shocked by the 10,000 volts ghost. Oh, really? And it's like, wait, when did she have time to fix that? Hey, granted, it may have been an editing error, but what if it was on purpose? What if image is everything? (laughs) And she was still battling it that far into the movie that's right that's interesting i didn't notice that there's there's a lot of little things that i've been trying to pick up on like right before then when shaggy and scooby eat the uh, cotton candy glob and they've got all that stuff stuck over them i was like is there a scene where they brush it off of them because it just kind of disappears and like very subtly in the background you can see when they're like entering through a doorway like they're brushing off some stuff so it's like (laughs) all right cool i'll let that slide they actually they actually put it in that's kind of cool yeah yeah, there were. I mean, I have a lot of nitpicks. I'm a huge. I mean, I've got cr- the bell critic ready. critique. Yeah, I guess. Uh, one. <laughs> I don't even know if this is technically a nitpick because I'm not that big on history. But there's a lot of like because movie moments. Uh huh. Um, where things would just happen, like uh, when they found the monster book. Uh, Velma's like, oh, this is a- an obsolete Celtic text. And I'm like, uh, okay, so Celtic, like pre-Irish, so like Gaelic, which is just an old language. I'm very confused. What are you trying to say here? Like, sorry. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, there, I feel like there was a lot of stuff like that in the movie where it was just like, oh, yes, this one thing. And it's like, wait, why does that, how does that apply here? What does that mean? Yeah, you know? I think... <laughs> In that specific instance, I guess they were just trying to be like, you know. Also, it's not obsolete if it's still useful. It can be used to make monsters. That makes it not obsolete. That's true. That's like a word choice critique, and I will allow it. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I found, as I was going through, especially at the beginning of the movie, I did it much more at the beginning. Once I kind of started getting into it, like once the monsters actually showed up, I started nitpicking stuff a lot less, but I wrote down just... I, I'm just trying to look oh, through all I can, of the random I can crap that I wrote down. With the best of them, with this movie, <laughs> the the one thing I'm still trying to wrap my head around is who built the secret hatch for the pterodactyl ghost in the beginning of the movie, 
Cause like Jacoba wasn't right. there for, for constru- he was, the, he was around for the construction, but did he have any say in it? Why would he, he's an escaped villain. Yeah. You know? And we find out that Patrick wasn't actually involved. Yeah. Unless he was, I think he was. Mm. Yeah. See, I thought so too. Everything. Like, why would he have been at the hideout when they were at the hideout? Because the movie needed a red herring, but they didn't want to go out of their way to explain the red herring. But a red herring is not a red herring if his name is not red herring and the movie does not blatantly tell me that he is red herring. Correct. I've said that for years. (laughs) But But also on top of that, the red herring has to be believable. Exactly. It has to make sense. Chris, do you have thoughts? Um. Well, for one, I am very happy that Velma and Seth Green's character are canonically together um, in the Scooby-Doo universe because I, I love Seth Green and Velma is obviously super cool and I'm, I'm happy about that. So, yeah. Yes. I think the two of them are the best actors in this movie. Oh, uh, yeah, really? probably. I think so. I mean, uh, credit to Matthew Lillard who gave it, you know... 8,000% in his role as Shaggy. <laughs> with what he was working with, yeah. Yes. But I think I think Seth Green had to do a lot of different emotions and portray them That's accurately. True. He had to be nervous, but he also had to be kind of like you know, confident and angry and creepy and like heartfelt. And he had to be all over the place because the movie was trying to make you wonder like, where's he at? Which side is he on? Is he on? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? I don't know. And so he always had to play it a different way in every scene. And I think he, I think he nailed it. And then of course, Velma, um, I think Linda Cardellini was just top tier casting for, for Velma. Uh, she looked the part, she sounded the part, and also mm-hmm. she was just very funny in a couple instances. My favorite line delivery of her was when Patrick arrives at the Mystery Inc. headquarters and she like jumps over the couch and like pops up and goes, <laughs> get rid of them. It's just like a funny line delivery that I, I love it. Mm-hmm. That's, it's really funny because some of the, like you said, some of the, or I think Chris was actually talking about it. Like there are some really funny parts, but then some that you're just like, uh, what am I watching kind of moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was one of those moments where I thought it was kind of funny because I mean, obviously this movie is made to be okay for older people to watch, but also, you know, it's obviously like marketed towards younger kids. Yeah. I mean, but, like <laughs> even one of the lines that got me that the delivery was just perfect on was when they were in the elevator and uh, Scooby was, or Shaggy was like, we're going to die. And, and, uh, how was it? I think it was Velma. I think it was Velma too. Yeah. She, she's like, stay positive. And he's like, we're going to die quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like Laura and I both literally laughed out loud on the couch. So even a movie that I'm like, you know, oh my gosh, what am I watching? It's still the, there was some writing still there. Like yeah. that was a perfectly placed like joke that I was like, see, yeah, you, you could have done better. See, like, another why? another similar line to that, um, which actually opens every single episode of this podcast because I love it so much. Is when they're um, escaping in the mystery machine, and Shaggy's like, "This is tied for the most terrifying day of my life," and Velma's like, "Tied with what?" And he's like. Every other freaking day of my, my life. life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a perfect Shaggy line. That was so, exactly Shaggy. So good. That I love is it. so good. 
I love that one too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. See, there were so, there were so many, like, I agree, Scott, you, you were, what did you say that you were upset at the missed opportunity? Yeah. Like there was so much potential here and a lot of it is, I think, genuinely good, but like, yeah, they, they dropped the ball in a lot of different stuff here. Yeah, so if I could go a little deep with that, and this is something Ooh. that I came up with while I was watching the movie, go I on. think I figured out why this movie bothers me so much. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's because of the because movie, or not because movie, uh, <laughs> the uh, movie has time for this moments where I'm like, why are we watching this? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, one of the things that happens uh, that I noticed was like the motorcycle scene okay the joust scene was where i noticed it wait noticed what how perfect this movie is no that was where i noticed why this movie has so many problems and why Hmm. it bothers me so much i don't know but all right i'll hear you out (laughs) okay so for a movie you know it was all right maybe i don't know that i needed half of it to be in slow motion but also like i was thinking of okay if this was a scooby-doo cartoon how would this scene have unfolded and it literally would have unfolded in about 10 seconds instead of like two and a half minutes and i think this movie is full of scenes like that so like yeah in the cartoon if they're confronted by a ghost it's like Ah, the ghost. Like, how I would imagine it unfolding is, like, they walk in, the Dark Knight ghost is there, and uh, Fred's just, like, yeah, he's just, sorry, I'm getting tangled up. I'm trying to, I just watched the movie, so I'm still trying to, (laughs) like, put these thoughts together. I believe you. You're not on trial here. But, so, Fred would be like, hey, there's a motorcycle and he just jump on it and like joust him immediately and like knock him backwards into a pile of hay or something. And then they'd all run away or Mm -hmm. something, you know, it would happen like immediately. And then they would run to like the next room to get away from him or something. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. I feel like it would have unfolded so much quicker. And I think there were so many moments in this movie where they just dwelled on something for way too long. They just kind of like, we were hung in this suspense where it's like, we know what's about to happen. It just needs to happen. You know, Yeah. there was too much. I think there was too much individual time given to each of those little events, but yeah. there was also too much time given to, uh, I don't know, like individual situations with monsters, like, uh, Scooby and Shaggy sliding down the hill on the trash can lids. <laughs> yeah. That could have been funny, but I imagine in the cartoon it would have been like, oh, let's go, Scoob, and they jump on the tins and slide down the hill and make their escape. Boom, done. First of all, it's not let's go, Scoob. It, uh, Scoob. It's let's rip it, Scoob. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> you get my point, though. Yes. It's like, I, I think that's why this movie bothers me so much, not because it's actually really that bad, but because the bad parts about it are just so bad. Yeah. That it may, and they drag on for so long that I like, hear even like another scene. And I, I swear I will stop talking so much after this, but another scene when they <laughs> I go, I do not to- believe you. I know, I know who you are. I've talked to you for years. I don't believe you. <sighs> but when they go back to the old mystery ink, and it's like, they show up 
and they start working on the stuff, but they have this flashback. Yeah. And I'm like, why do we need this? We know uh, who I'll Mystery Inc. is. We know who they are. We've like if you're doing this for the fans of Scooby Doo, we already know. We don't need this. But if you're doing this for people who have never seen Scooby Doo, I don't know that that flashback did much. Like in all honesty, it would have it would have honestly gone over better if one of them has been like, well, I mean, they even said we haven't been back here in years. How how could we have been doing this for years just to come back here, you know, to wind up back here? Like mm-hmm. that makes it sentimental. You know that they've been together doing this stuff for a long time. Now, then after that, the montage of them working on it is great. And then <laughs> Scooby and Shaggy outside where Shaggy's like, man, they're having a montage in there without <laughs> yeah. us. It's pretty like, good. That's, that's such a good line. And it's like, I feel like part of that was disrupted because I was interrupted by this intrusive flashback that was unnecessary. Uh, but I know, Scott, you have some sort of counterpoint. I to will this, stay so. silenced for no longer. <laughs> Chris, I wonder if you too caught the symbolism of that flashback. Did you? It, it reminded me of a pup named Scooby Doo. Um, yes. That's what it reminded me of. So, and that's that on its own is great. However, they're throwing a frisbee around to signify that they're close friends. Oh my right. god. Yeah. Yeah, you got it, didn't you, Bryce? <laughs> the control fast forwarded through that part of the movie. The control panel <laughs> is shaped like a frisbee. Oh yeah. And when yeah, they do that later. They throw it around to each other at the end of the movie. It's symbolism. Is but it great symbolism? I didn't no. Mean that. I literally fast forward I literally you cheated this is so bad. Bryce. This is so bad because I know you hate CinemaSins so much and I know we're making a bunch of jokes, but I literally looked over at Laura and said, skip and fast forwarded through that. I fast forwarded through the flashback. And so I missed that symbolism. And guess what? It didn't affect me at all later in the movie when they were throwing it around because I didn't question it. Like, I, d- yeah, I don't need now, to know but, that but they used to play Frisbee. You cheated and see how you went on a big tangent about how, like, oh, this didn't <laughs> matter, but it mattered. Bryce <laughs> cheated. That's the car- the biggest sin. <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm no, sorry. I-, I will say this. It wasn't great symbolism because when they were throwing the Frisbee around at the end, it wasn't, it didn't really call back any, like, because it would be good if, like, the gang was splitting up and like that frisbee thing was like a symbolism of like no they're still stay together forever just like they were when they were kids but it just kind of felt like tacked on like ah frisbee you remember frisbee thing frisbee thing i literally my moment when they were doing that is i was i made the comment out loud i was like wow all of those ultimate frisbee games in college are really paying off <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even know if... It, well, because Shaggy even made a reference to his freshman year at college, and apparently it was exactly like when he was super buff or whatever. So, like, <laughs> it must have been ultimate Frisbee back in those days. <laughs> but, yeah. jeez. Oh, I, I will say, to go back to the motorcycle scene, the one thing that frustrates me about that is we have not seen Fred 
ride a motorcycle up until that point. And also that motorcycle has not been established up until that point. It's just kind of there. Uh, mm. Very similar to the ghost. I wonder how much Indian ghost- motorcycles paid. Yeah, right? Their motorcycle in a Scooby-Doo movie. Uh, not nearly as much as KFC and Burger King did. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't get tired of telling this, so apologies. But did you guys notice the KFC product placement in this? I movie? saw your tweet about it. I think, and, and so there I didn't catch else. it. Yes, there. So there was like the cup at the beginning when that uh, Scooby like throws onto the chauffeur, and it's mm-hmm. the KFC. Um, and then like later when they arrive at Wickles Manor, Shaggy says like, oh, "Why don't we ever get to investigate like a KFC or something?" But. Um, but you know what it is, Chris. Do you just want to say it? Yeah, it was. I, I noticed because I watch with the subtitles on sometimes, and I noticed that the subtitle said Burger King. Correct. So That's so weird. We have we for this whole podcast, we've been trying to get to the bottom of this, and apparently, there's just there's a the like American cut or like the North American cut or whatever is uh, Burger King. That's how it was originally. And then I guess when Netflix acquired it for an international audience, they Burger King was like, nah, we don't want this anymore. <laughs> and so they had to go back into the movie files and change and like get Matthew Lillard to like say KFC what? instead of Burger. I, no, th- this is just, I didn't think the KFC cup looked superimposed and really weird mm-hmm. at the beginning. But yes. I didn't catch the KFC thing later. That's interesting. Yeah. That's like going way, way out of the way. And they had to change because also Scooby eats originally he eats like a Whopper or like a double Whopper or something like that when he first gets out of the the uh, stretch mystery machine in the beginning, which mm. is like a good visual gag. I will approve of that. Um but then they had to change it to like a chicken sandwich of some kind. But the only thing they couldn't change was the milkshake uh, because it's it's used to splash onto the chauffeur. But like, you know, KFC. Oh, yeah, you can't get milkshakes at KFC, can you? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure you can't. But you know what? It's whatever. But I, I keep forgetting to mention, too, like I, I'm that chauffeur doesn't mean anything. Like, you know, he's just there. He doesn't have a name or anything. But in my head... The headcanon is that's Jenkins or Jenkins from a pup named Scooby-Doo, Daphne's oh, servants. Nice. And I think that would be, I'm just going to, that's my little headcanon there. That's kind of cool. I, I like, like that, that headcanon. I approve. Yeah. Thank you. Head, headcanon accepted. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, did you have anything else you wanted to add about this movie? Well, I don't know if I would call this a criticism. I mean, I guess it technically is, but what jumps out to me about this movie is all the things in it that date the movie seriously because like some yeah some movies are timeless like you can watch it and you're like yes it still holds up but in this one for example when they go to the faux ghost they have ruben stuttered from american idol singing which really dates it big time (laughs) for sure Um, i remember that season (laughs) yeah yeah i mean me too and like he like funnily enough he didn't do much with his success but he ended up in this movie bless his heart um and another thing that dated it was during the credits, they had a song by Simple Plan, which I'm like, wow, that was like yeah. late middle school. Um, well, they had one in in the 
movie as well. To, I think that was the montage song, right? When they're, oh, yeah? Yeah, I think the, the, in, during the montage song was also... I don't know. There's a bunch that sound all the same to me. But it's certainly that era of music, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And to, to add insult to injury, after the credits, there's an after credit scene where Scooby-Doo <laughs> yes. gives you a Game yes. Boy Advance code. I was like, wow. That's, I literally... Yes. Oh, my gosh. Because that was... I did the... I got to the credit because I, I needed to get it done with so that I could come here and record the podcast with you guys. So once it got to the credits, I was like, okay, this is just a dance sequence. I'm going to fast forward through this part of the credits, you know, because it's credits on one side, dance sequence on the other. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait a minute, is there an after credits scene? And I was like, oh my gosh, there is. And I hit play and it's like, Scooby-Doo secret code. And I'm like, wait, what is that a Game Boy Advanced? Mm-hmm. What? And it just, I don't know. I got a whole flurry of nostalgia all of a sudden. And it was yeah. like, I feel like I need to go get that game and type in that code because I have to know what level that unlocked because I <laughs> right. don't know. Right. I, I mean, I'm putting this out there to anyone. Uh, if there's a fan out there who wants to send me a Game Boy Advanced and that <laughs> game, I do have a P.O. box. Uh, I Not in front of me. Like, I don't have the, the address. <laughs> but you can find it if you tweet at me or something. You're like, Scott, what's your P.O. box? I will tell you. But anyway, um, I am accepting it and I would love to know what that does. Or if you just want to do it and like shoot me a video. But also, I just want to own it and I just want free things. So anyway, um, <laughs> but I, I agree that there are moments like those moments dated. However, I am willing to accept that those two moments, the Ruben Stuttered and the Game Boy Advanced, are not canon with the movie but are rather just like, um, you know, like the, the Game Boy Advance thing had no, you know, nothing on the plot. The dance right. number could have just been like, a, you know, like, a, oh, it's a fun little wrap up, but it, it wasn't in the main story. Right. However, yeah. there is one reference in the movie that absolutely dates it. And you can't say, oh, that's not part of it. Like you can't like, you know, logic it away or anything. And that is when Shaggy and Scooby are doing their freestyle rap on the control panel that's turning all the monsters into real into real monsters, which is, you know, classic sequence. Uh, you know, you have to have a freestyle rap sequence with Shaggy and Scooby. Um, Shaggy says the line, something about like uh, all the monsters scream and shake like a girl with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> So it's like, <laughs> well, he's right. still relevant. He's so still I, relevant. I, I, however, but eventually, <laughs> however, um, I, the, the great part about other than that, which will like, you know, has to date this movie in some capacity. Um, the, the other, I just felt like the set design and like the technology and everything kind of wanted to make this movie feel timeless. Like it could exist. Like there's a lot of sixties and seventies imagery. So like you could kind mm-hmm. of argue that it's in that era. And like Scooby-Doo's always had this thing about like advanced technology, even back in the day, like villains had holograms and, and yeah. robotics. So mm-hmm. it, they're trying to like establish that world. So you could be like, Oh, this movie could kind of take place in the past, but not with the Justin Timberlake reference. It couldn't, but yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, anything else to to discuss i mean we're at the 40 minute mark so if no one has anything else to say we could just wrap it up but i'm willing to continue talking if you guys are i uh, the only thing i have here is just a list of absolute like nitpicks that are just like and i didn't like this scene and i didn't like do this you wanna, scene, and i didn't like this scene do you want to rapid fire through them real quick oh god i guess i could all uh, right speed round <laughs> 
Let's do okay, it. Okay, so when they're at the, this is all gonna fall under. Everything was over the top. They went too far. That's what we're gonna place all of this under. Can I separate um, each of them with a bell ding? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Just, just yell out ding when you're done, and then I'll <laughs> ding! do it. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll um, hit it just so I know when you're done. Go uh, for it. Rapid fire. So, go. Okay. Ah, uh, shoot. Uh, I gotta start at the top again. Okay, so the submariner's ghost. I don't know what that Captain one was Cutler. called. Captain Cutler, yeah, that was it. Uh, when they back into him, if he would have just fell into the pond or like gotten knocked back like a hundred feet into the pond or something, I would have totally accepted it. But instead, they hit him and he goes flying into the air and does like cartwheels and does flips and spins around and there's a bunch of goofy cartoon sounds. Mm. And that to me was just, I was like, it's too much. Uh, Bryce I, I would have been cartoon- fine with that scene, except you did that to it. Why? Bryce, Bryce hates when cartoon movies do cartoon things. <laughs> okay you're gonna turn all my nitpicks around on me i see correct Mundo. keep going <laughs> oh my gosh so uh the fart joke where scooby and uh velma and shaggy are sneaking in the back door and those two skeletons are there scooby farts but there's no payoff like the skeletons don't notice him and then they just back away slowly after he farts and it's like why 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 because, was that even there? Because there no reason later they weaponized Scooby's farts, so they needed to establish it. Bryce didn't pay attention to fart establishment. <laughs> fart establishment? Oh, whatever. Um, anyway, I mean, you know what? He did say, Shaggy did say, he gets gassy when he's nervous. And mm-hmm. I imagine that putting him, front of, putting him in front of the minor 49er with his rear end facing him. Yep, yep, yep. Would probably give him some pretty bad guess. Yay! You All get right. it. You get it. Accept okay, your sin. I don't... I still don't accept this. It's so dumb. All right. <laughs> um, the whole... Uh, with the heavy-handedness thing again, the joust scene where the, uh, the Black Knight ghost then says to Freddy... Uh, talkings for wimps. Is that what it is? Is that the line? Yes. Cause Fred said it earlier. Yeah. yeah. Cause Fred said it earlier. Um, so then, uh, the, the ghost says it too, which there again, it's like, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. That to me again, more heavy handedness. However, I will say before you ding me. Okay. Um, on that scene, the payoff to that then was the black Knight ghost actually like in almost a meta way, was like, oh, you touched my inner child. And he's angry. And then he attacked <laughs> him. And I'm like, oh, okay. But still. I also just, I also just, I, I will just say that I'm not a big fan of the line, you touched my inner child. Just personally, not for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. We'll send that one. Um, uh, I don't know. Wait, when, when Velma falls into the cave and her glasses fall off. Typical, like, such a perfect Scooby-Doo scene. But then normally, she finds her glasses just in time to, like, see the monster in front of her, or just in time to do something. Instead, they have her wander around that cave and act like she can kind of see? When we're supposed to believe that she's, like, you know, absolutely blind without her glasses, and she can, like, read the articles from a distance, and she can identify what's going on like, in that cave. And it's, like, all this stuff, like, she already knows, or already thinks she knows, that Patrick is behind this. But then when he shows up, she, like, doesn't immediately question it. She's unsure of him. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't Mm -hmm. immediately go, you know, like, I know that you're behind the, like, as soon as she saw that shrine, she should have known what was going on. 
But also, she should have had her glasses back on in order to be able to see anything in any sort of detail that was on that shrine. Um, um, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think she had to hold the articles like really close to her face, which implies yeah. that she's nearsighted. Not, not when she first saw them. She, yeah, the picture, in order to see who all was in the picture, she really had to hold it up. But yeah. she like couldn't read that text article okay. when she first picked it up, but she knew what it was about. Well, and then she stuffed it in her, you know, I, her I'm going to chalk that up to Velma just being a really good observationist. Like, yeah, she could, she might not know exactly what's going on, but she, she deduced based off of the silhouette of a giant bat-like creature, which she mistook for a bat-like creature or whatever at first that, oh, pterodactyl. And then it doesn't take much to see all the different candles flickering. Like you could even just see that blurred out and be like, wow, there's a lot of candles. I what mean, else maybe. has a lot of candles? A shrine. A shrine. Mm-hmm. Okay, and sure. to a pterodactyl. Dactyl above me, shined to Jonathan Jacobo. Yeah, I mean, she did say that the. <laughs> okay, sure, whatever, fine. Um, I've already thrown out some of my other. Well, nitpicks, hold on. Like... I just want to. I'll go back and add my own nitpick of that scene, which is that Patrick says, like, greets her, but she can't see, and then it's only when she puts her glasses on that she realizes it's Patrick. But it's right. like you know his voice. You know, like, okay, get, yeah, get out of here. If if she can see, like. I don't know, even the pterodactyl that far above her, I would think she could see and hear him from that general distance and know it's him. Right. Like, come on, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. Uh, but um, uh, I'm not 100% sure what I wrote here. Uh, the <laughs> autocorrect fixed it to say the intro deuce NCE is... Oh, the, int- the introduction... Gotcha. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, there again, way too much time, dwelled on it for way too long. All right. They could have just walked up the stairs in like 15, 20 seconds and been like, everybody was oogling and ogling over them. We didn't need an individual like breakdown of, hey, each one of them individually has fans. I you think know. I'm going to once again disagree with you here only because it's fun. And I will say that it's a really smart way to introduce the trope of kind of like character that each of them are by showing who their fan base is. So even if you don't know who Scooby-Doo is, you see like all the guys you know going crazy over Daphne and the two little girls as well or you see Shaggy's mm. like whole stoner fan club and you see Velma's like uh <laughs> like a Tumblr parody you know, <laughs> of a fan club and you kind of get what these characters are just based off the people that like them oh okay sure maybe whatever I still I still don't like that scene it's way too freaking uh-huh. long uh-huh. and it literally set me up to hate the rest of the movie because I was okay. like oh this is what I'm in for. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Okay. I'm sure there were more. I just didn't write them down. Oh, the, oh my God. I forgot. Um, the, <laughs> sorry. I threw my phone on my desk because it just made me cringe again thinking about it. Okay. So in this obsolete Celtic text that Velma is reading out of while Daphne is using her, uh, uh, all of her martial arts skills that we learned about in the last live action movie. Actually, that was something that carried over that actually one of the I was like, only things that carried this is over. the only thing that carried yeah. over. Um, but uh, she's reading out of this text and she's like, well, maybe I can use this book to find the weak spot. And so she starts reading and she's like reading and I'm like, okay, that's fine. And Daphne's going to hold off the monster and blah, blah, blah. Then she starts doing math. Yes. And I'm like, oh, Okay, this is a physical monster in, like, the real world. How is... I mean, maybe. 
I'm not saying I'm not a physicist or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm not. But just, when she starts doing like complex math to figure out where the weak point is, I'm like, is there a formula to creating these monsters? Like when they're created, all of them will have a weak spot at exactly this particular place, depending on which one was created. I don't know. That to yes. me, that, I mean, that's what's implied. Much. Yes. Yeah. That to me was way too much. And then it ends up being his junk or yeah. Or Which that is area. the worst <laughs> possible freak. I cringed. So I like my eyes rolled into the back of my head so hard. Yes. I, have... I was like, are you ki-? like, I really wanted her to like, like Daphne to take the ax and like hit a certain spot on the armor. And like the armor just like collapses in on itself or something. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. Velma even like walks up and just pushes on like the center of his back and he's like ah yeah. you fool you foiled me and he like collapses the ground or something no yeah. they kick him in the junk that's right <laughs> which is literally the weak point on any you know i <laughs> first of all i, I don't know it's they just, kick I him just, in his round tables you get it right. round, <laughs> which that line I still don't know if I if that makes me cringe or if it was actually kind of funny because he was a knight. Yeah, I will say this. I I also have problems with that, but only because they use it a second time when they're fighting against him and the uh, ten thousand volt ghost and Fred clips the uh, the jumper cable onto to his uh, to his chainmail that's hanging right by his junk. Yes, and so my problem with that is. I am absolutely on board with the idea that in that first instance, when they're fighting that, that just so happened to be the place where he was weakest. But when you establish and you can hear this and read this plain as day with Velma, um, like with the subtitles on Velma is listing off the criteria to find the weak spot. And it's stuff like, the exact geographical location you're in, the position of the sun, how far above sea level you are. So like if that was his weak spot in the mansion during the day at that specific elevation and geographical location, I like this. Is it ju- why is it the exact same spot at night in a completely different location somewhere else? Like Dude, shouldn't it be somewhere else? Cinema Sins needs to hire you, man. That was like a <laughs> next level observation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if Cinema if Cinema Sins tried to hire me, I'd tell them to go away and never talk to me again. So. <laughs> please, please, just leave. Um, but yeah, I will. I will agree with that observation, and I will give it a legitimate ding, which is again a system that we have invented and are not taking from anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway. <laughs> Okay, I think that I think that might have been all I had. Well, great, because Chris, you've been silent for I think this like most I'm of sorry. this, <laughs> and I really want to know because I feel like you liked it more than Bryce did, and I need some positivity right now. <laughs> unless, all oh, yeah. you, unless all you have are more criticisms, in which case, <laughs> go ahead. No, not really. I went through all like five of my notes that I had listed there. <laughs> um, no, I, I liked it. I like I said before, I don't think it's as strong a movie. As the first one, I feel like this one doesn't prove its worth as much as the first one did, but it, it was an okay effort. You can definitely see they were trying to appeal to the children a little more because the first one had some jokes that were a little more racy, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely feels more like James Gunn writing um, as far as the script goes and the dialogue. Yeah. But it 
it, it's okay. It's it's not good or great, but it, it's decent. You know, I I wouldn't mind watching it once in a while. It's just not as strong uh, a movie as the first one, I think. I agree. I also wouldn't mind watching it once in a while every day. <laughs> every day for an entire month mm-hmm. yeah i mean like i wouldn't rush out and buy the steelbook blu-ray but um <laughs> you know it, it, it's okay i mean as far as live action scooby-doo goes you know um it is impeccably cast um the dialogue yeah. is on point uh you know some of the parts don't really hold up after all this time um like some of it like we've all pointed out feels like it was designed to be funny approximately once in the theater for the kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and because like yeah there's a lot of it that that's just like oh it's like a joke that you might laugh at once but then there's also a lot of it that you can tell were notes from like the studio heads like i feel like the freestyle rap sequence between shaggy and scooby as they're hitting the panel and bringing all the monsters to life was like uh, that had to be like a studio head that was like kids like that right kids like the <laughs> m&ms correct <laughs> yeah. um and then yeah and that's probably because you could have easily written that scene with like just shaggy and scooby screwing up and not having to do a musical number there but yeah whatever but but yeah i mean apart from all the nitpicks that we could probably talk about all day um it does have some heart to it you can tell it's um Mm -hmm. you know it, it was written by somebody who knew the lore and somebody who knew these characters very well um, and it, it, it makes itself worthy in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it's, I will agree. And I think this is my, my, the biggest praise I've had, uh, for this movie. I will agree with you that this movie has a great cast. I think all around mm-hmm. everyone, everyone is like super good in their roles. Uh, they knew exactly what kind of movie they were making and they didn't hold back in any capacity, especially, Matthew Lillard, I think he was mm-hmm. like, let's deliver it. Let's just go all in. And I think that's probably why he hates looking at, <laughs> looking at it probably. now. But I think he did great. And if he ever wants to be on, there's always a slot open. I have to fill 16 more days, please. Please come on. A- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, I would have to agree with all of that, the casting. It, it's funny because I can't see... Like, I can't think of any other actors or actresses that I would put in those roles because they really did, I think, nail the characters. Yeah. Whether the writing, whether the script they were handed, I could argue that a little more maybe, but I I will digress. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I tried because there have been a couple episodes where I've tried to recast it, like recast the movie for like a modern audience but all i can think of are like jokes like robert downey <laughs> jr as scooby-doo <laughs> like <laughs> like it wouldn't be anything serious that i'd actually like to see like i mean that would be interesting to see but i wouldn't want to like you know i would just want scooby-doo to be voiced by the guy who's been voicing scooby-doo for ages you know mm-hmm. but for sure yeah i don't know but hear me out new cast of the of the four of them miles teller Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara, the other one who is in Fantastic Four. <laughs> and uh. that's that's our gang. That's our new mystery incorporated. And then who do wow. we get to be Scooby? Yeah. <laughs> Scooby can still be Scooby. But oh. one of the one of the guys does have that. to be Velma. <laughs> oh, that's true. I didn't <laughs> think about that. Or Daphne. I just assumed Kate Mara would be Daphne. Maybe she wants to be Velma. Who knows? But anyway, 
I think we're I think we're about done. Are you guys you done? Are we done? I have gained a headache and gotten rid of it while doing this podcast. So yes. Fantastic. Uh well thank you so much for joining Super Last Minute. It's like nine PM for me. Uh, I know yeah, it's later it's for you 10. guys. Yeah. And I have to get up and work. And uh so this podcast will be especially late, but Thank you uh, to everyone who's been listening. Uh, and thank you for being lenient with me about these record times and upload times. Um, but yeah, where can people find you two on the internet if they want to hear more of your voices or see more of what you are doing or, you know, internet things? Chris, you go first. Uh, I am on Twitter at Chris Tuffer, C-H-R-I-S underscore T-U-F-F-E-R. I don't tweet as much now as I used to for a lot of reasons. Um, you can also find me on Medium at that same uh, tag, and hopefully in a in the foreseeable future in a book. Yeah, um. which <laughs> is happening soon. Yeah. I promise. Well, I mean, progress <laughs> is happening soon. The books yeah. might still be a couple months off, but yeah, it's it's a fun time. Anyway, thanks, Chris. <laughs> Bryce. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Rennie of Your. That's R E N N Y O F. Y-O-R-E. And you can also find me streaming over on the NerdSync gaming channel on Twitch that still exists somehow. What a what? Um, <laughs> because oh. uh, I have not kept up any sort of a consistent schedule and have been streaming so randomly that I'm surprised anybody knows it exists. So yeah. uh, <laughs> if that's not a thing, or if that is a thing that you're interested in, uh, go hang out. I'd love to chat with you guys. Yeah, I Feel keep... free to yell at me for my awful nitpicks of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I keep meaning to stream stuff there. I know a lot of people wanted me to stream the Spider-Man game, but like, I just, I don't know. It's hard for me to justify... You know, sometimes sometimes I just want to do things that aren't work, you know? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I just want yeah. a video game to just be a video game for me and not have to, like, be on about it. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked doing the, uh, when yeah, when we briefly did, like, the, uh, the Jackbox games, those were kind of fun. Yeah, that was super fun. But that's just, like, you know, it's audience. Also, I don't have access to Sea of Thieves anymore because I stopped paying for Games Pass. Because uh, <laughs> I'm, because I forgot that I was paying for it in the first place, so that was a problem. Yeah. But, yeah, I haven't been even, like, keeping up with all the notes of, like, all the things that have been uh, updating about it. But I know who's a big fan of Sea of Thieves, Freddie Prince Jr., who played uh, oh, Fred, Freddie in this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he has yeah a maybe ga- we can play Sea of Thieves with him. He has a gaming <laughs> channel that has, like, a couple hundred subscribers. Nice. Wait, does he? <laughs> yeah. I want to see this. Is it on Twitch? No, it's on YouTube. Um, It's called... Gegghead, it's it's like egghead with a G in front of it, because Geg stands for good evening, good game. Oh my nice. gosh, this is incredible! Right? I'm so glad you showed me this. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm I'm not at all surprised because when when he did the voice for a character in Mass Effect Three a while back, I was like, he, you know what, he probably is a gamer. Oh yeah, for sure. He's like. I think he recently hosted a panel about Sea of Thieves at like some gaming convention thing. Yeah. So good for him, man. Like, yeah. But anyway, let's end this really quickly. Um, Would you two like to join me in doing our best Scooby Dooby Doo in unison? 
Uh, sure. It, can you can you give us a, a level of intensity that you're aiming for? <laughs> and uh, can you also edit it, us to all do it at the same time? Yeah, I, I always <laughs> do. It, it's always off. So just commit to it, and I'll I will edit it even if it's off from everybody else, and then I'll edit it correctly. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, level of intensity. Um, do, give give me like. A Freddie Prince Jr. level of intensity, not a Matthew, <laughs> not a Matthew Lillard level of intensity. Okay, I, I can accept that metric. All right, as all intensity should be measured of actors in Scooby Doo movies. In, in vague references, yeah. That's right. Uh, all right, you ready? <sighs> yeah. Okay, oh, I'm so I'm so nervous. <laughs> You shouldn't be. We're all going to do it. No one's going to be able to hear your specific one unless I edit it so it's just one of you. Yes. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Scooby-Dooby-Doo! 